Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puckcast with Jason and John. Thanks again, as always, for tuning in and listening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we should probably start off with our what are we drinking segment, right, John? Yeah, we should. We... <laughs> yes, we should start off with our just for those <laughs> start... who don't know. We Inside already, joke. We already recorded a half an hour of this podcast and it sounded like we were in an echo chamber. So now we're re-recording, and you guys are going to miss all of the good, juicy details. Uh, it was the best podcast ever. Oh, it was great. It was awesome. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> and now we're going to... I mean, yeah, it's this weird, freaky thing now where we can't, you know, like, recreate it because it's... We're both going to be, like, trying to figure... <laughs> oh, where did we go after that? I was well, not. I, I was not looking forward to figuring out how to remove that echo chamber. No, from... but I will tell you, it was really good. We had a yeah. lot of really good stuff. So hopefully the rest of this one is... Oh, yeah, I hope it's great. It, it may be a complete dumpster fire. I have no idea. Hopefully we're not like... Uh... Hopefully we're not like you and O, and we have a bad game and then a good game, right? Yeah, right. I, I, yeah, I. <laughs> Can they get it all, it all the first recording. All right, so okay, so, so I'm you're drinking, drinking something. I'm drinking frosty cherry limeade, and by now I've had half of the bottle. It's really good, and it's red and because we're playing the Red Hawks this. I week. was gonna say, and yep. you had you had a reason why you went with that, and that was the absolutely. Yeah, and uh, so. John and I took a we we took a stop today to uh, get me something to drink because I hadn't had a chance to and uh, we were wandering the shelves of the the liquor store there and failing to find anything from Ohio right. so I don't know if like Ohio is a dry state or if they don't export I don't or no they seem what. like they're surrounded by states that uh, create a lot of alcohol maybe they're just lazy and they don't let anyone else do it I don't know. I don't know they just drink it they don't make it who knows yep. So we went with something that was a little bit more thematic and from uh, Avery Brewing Company in Colorado, which I've had stuff from Avery, but I have not had this. Okay. This is their Go Play IPA, because we're going to go play. We're going to go play in Miami. Miami. Yep. And not the Miami you normally think of, the other Miami. Yeah. Did you see that there was this guy who put a, a, a score grid graphic that he got from some website? on twitter right. okay and for miami rather <laughs> rather than having the red hawk logo it had the the green and orange U logo. <laughs> and i gotta tell you you and i would like that road trip oh if we actually played yeah, miami? If the hurricanes yeah hurricane hockey in this yeah. conference yeah golf club's coming with me oh yeah it'd be great january go down to florida yeah oh yeah we didn't make that happen Although we didn't make the trip to Arizona. We should have made the trip to Arizona. You know, in hindsight, we should have. That would have been awesome. Yeah. I can't I can't do that, though, because Bridget keeps talking about wanting to move there. And so the minute I move there, she's going to be like, man, man, that's great. <laughs> the minute you go out to visit, she's not going to want to leave. Like, we're chucking Nebraska, and we're moving down here and starting Sun Devil Puck. <laughs> Tech with this, like, dense fog crud. <laughs> we're moving out to the desert. So for... For our listeners and stuff that weren't <laughs> able to make the games this weekend, uh, UNO got a split. Yep. Uh, thanks to we were we were we were one bad ref away from sweeping West. Oh, Michigan. absolutely. We played really well in that series, and and you know you look at the first period both nights, right? And they came out and they skated really really well, and they had a lot of really good opportunities. Yeah, I got to be honest with you, I was really impressed. 
I think the the first period of both nights is probably yep. the two best periods of the weekend. And and maybe two of the best periods of hockey they've played all season. Right. Yep. Yeah, so the the guys the guys did well. They, you know, they put up a fight. They were they were down actually. I mean, we had a two goal lead that, that we that we lost, but sure. We were down a goal in the third on Friday, got the equalizer. Yep. And then the ref decided he didn't like that and decided to make a very borderline call. Oh yeah. Very late in the game. What was it, like a minute minute ten left or something? Oh yeah. And here's the thing. I know we've talked about this before on previous episodes of the podcast, but the officiating in the NCHC has been a mess this season. Oh my god, it is just so bad. And not just for I mean it's easy to pick on us because that's that's the stuff we watch a lot, but I went back and watched because I had heard stuff on Twitter about the Cara College game. So I went back and watched the Cara College game and oh my gosh, it was just terrible. Yeah, a mm. lot of the a lot of the Duluth fans were talking about that. Yeah. The inconsistency, the the you know, I'm not gonna call this for nineteen minutes and then all of a sudden it's like, Yeah, that's a penalty. Since when? Yeah, I you know I I don't know. I, I don't like the I don't like the practice of going back and finding penalties that weren't called after the fact. Yeah, we both have a problem with that. Like if you don't call it on the ice, you can't right. go into a box and look at a TV that you say is low resolution. Oh yeah, that's they were penalty. talking about this on Twitter. Well, the video's not good enough resolution for them to see, and I'm like, why the hell not? It's like we a brand to, new arena. What? Yeah, we need to do a GoFundMe apparently to you know buy them a 4K monitor. Support the ref's vision. I don't know. Oh. I mean, it's amazing. It's a good thing they didn't try to do this back during the you know, like VHS and beta days. They would have been <laughs> able to tell anything. There would have been a static line running through the picture, and who knows? I mean, yeah, so <laughs> just... Adjust the gain, adjust the gain. You felt their impact on the game, and in my mind, officiating, you shouldn't. There's In the ebb and flow in games, there are going to be calls, there are going to be penalties, but it's felt this season that everything is just slightly off, and obviously yeah. that may have to do with the NCAA rule changes that we've talked about before on the podcast, but they're going to have to... And it may to... be, uh, you know, that's... It's, it's hard from, from a fan standpoint to sit here and say what is, you know, what is the issue? Is it, sure. is it the... the caliber of referees that we have right or is it the league is there not enough support coming in sure i do appreciate that the league came back and said because you know a lot of the stem from again those that, that weren't there a lot of the stems from uh an incident on the ice where a western michigan player hit uno and i mean i thought right away that it was contact to the head i i you know and they went back and looked. I mean, they're calling a penalty. They went back and looked and determined that it was only worth two minutes. Right. And the league stepped in and looked at it afterwards and said, no, he's suspended for the for the Saturday game. Right. And, you know, the the trouble with that is, is that the difference between a two-minute power play and a five-minute power play with an ejection is night and day in a game as close as we were in on Friday. Oh yeah, it's it's incredibly and um, so that, impactful. That, yeah, that know? decision has a direct effect on the outcome of that of that game. Sure. Um, and then on top of that, like you know, 
there were these ticky tack stuff going the entire right. Friday game that you weren't calling, and then all of a sudden with a minute left, you decide, hey, let's give Western Michigan a power play right. and see if they can win. And I mean, I've gone back and looked at it, and I I still don't see how you could fault one player or another. I think that the the call was clearly embellished. I mean, there was no right. way that the contact warranted that much of a dive. Right. And then on top of that, you know, the UNO defender was had every right to be in that space. And right. it was the Western Michigan player cutting across that that resulted in the contact. So right. I don't know how you can tell the UNO kid that it's it's your fault he skated into you. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't have know. to give up my space on the ice. Right. I can't go out of my way to hit him. That's interference. But Sure. I have every right to be skating here as anyone else does. Right. And so we talked about this when I was, when I was in Colorado and coaching, we all, we had to, as, as head coaches serve on, on a committee. And, and I served, um, three years on the officiating committee. Okay. And we used to talk, like we had programs, we'd sit down with the refs at the beginning of the season and say, if you're going to ref, you know, the high school games, here are the things that we expect here, are the things that we're looking for. And, you know, one of the things why I tell is, is, and, and I know other leagues and other refs have said this, this isn't something that comes from us. It's just, you know, we, it was a point of emphasis for us that we want you to be fair and not even, you know, if you give one team five power plays, you don't have to subsequently give the other team five power plays. Right. If it doesn't warrant it, right. don't do it. Sure. Fairness is if you call it a trip in the first minute, of the first period, you call it a trip in the last minute of the last period. Right. If you decide that, you know, it, this level is not, it's not a penalty, then it's not a penalty. Don't call it. Sure. And obviously we don't have video reviews. So this whole, you know, go back into the box thing where we're like, yeah, there's no, that was a Saturday night thing where they cut across the middle and and all of a sudden there was this, you know, knee contact apparently as he's flailing around like a dead fish on the ice. And magically heals in like two minutes. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Miracle. Uh, and that was, and that they was, don't call a penalty. I mean, the, he was, was Dawson, down for a that while. That was Dawson DPH, right? Yeah, and he and was down he's, he's for a while. He's back in the game right after that. Yeah, I, I know. And he goes, the, the the refs go back into the box, and and they were in there a while, um, sure. searching for something to call clearly, right? And come out and give a five minute major. Um, you know, granted, UNO was up and it was, it was later in the game, but I I just, that that still gets to me. Like, if you don't call it on the ice, you have absolutely no business going into that booth and looking for something. No, and I, and again, I don't know what you think about a replay, you know, after the fact, like the NCHC did on Friday night. I mean, obviously that favored us because then Pasolt was, you know, out for them on Saturday night, so we didn't have to contend with their leading scorer right but i still don't know that i like you know going back after the fact and changing stuff i mean i i think that i would say i think that every every penalty should be reviewed by the league i think you should always look at it and say was there something there that warrants more okay always deferring to the on ice call right so if you know, if they say it's, you know, checking from behind and it's only two minutes, you know, I have to see something in the video that 
just clearly warrants us stepping in and saying there should be a suspension right you know after the fact so i'm okay with them doing that after the fact right i'm not okay with the on ice officials saying hey we didn't see anything yeah let me go back and look harder and maybe i can well find and as something. we talked about i didn't see anything but andy murray barked at me on the thing and gave me right. an earful so now i'm intimidated and i'm going to go over there just to you know coddle him yeah and see what happened i think it's and i think over time if this keeps going on for too long over time it's going to hurt the integrity of of the game and it's going to hurt the integrity of play in our particular league because it can go on for, for, you know, ever. And I think without there being some ramifications and, you know, my concern that this is going to turn into, you know, you know, youth hockey eventually where, you know, we don't check anybody. There's no contact. There's no contact. It's basically lacrosse on ice. Which I know people are going to say there's contact in lacrosse, but they understand the heck out of yeah, those guys. <laughs> but understand what I'm saying here. I you know I like good physical hockey. You like good physical hockey. We don't want anybody to get injured, and we don't want to see a rash of concussions. But I think you're potentially hurting the game and turning it into a finesse game. Yeah, I think we've gone, you know, we've gone too far to the protect the player side of things and, and right. it's time to kind of pull that back a little bit and go back to sure you know the days of you have some responsibility don't show your back to a check right you know skate with your head up right you know if if i lift my elbow and attempt to make contact with your head i understand that in i should be penalized for that i absolutely agree with that you should be penalized yeah but you know when you make a when you're five inches taller than a guy and you check him and it just so happens that his head hits you in the shoulder or something. I mean, that's not a, that's not a penalty. That's no, that's a tall player hitting a short player. Yeah. Like I said, I just, I worry that it's going to make the sport less physical and that's part of the appeal of the sport to a lot of fans. Uh, yeah. We don't need to, we don't need to bring in fighting <laughs> to get some physicality in the game. Exactly. So what do you think about this? Cause I don't know if you know this, but a lot of there's a lot of Canadian leagues. I I don't believe it's all of them, but I know that it's almost all of the junior league stuff. Um, there's a zero tolerance policy for coaches talking to the referees during the course of the game. Oh yeah. Um, and I know that there's one league that they have uh, both referees go over to to the coach and will talk to the coach for five minutes at the end of each period. So it's and like they have a, it's like court. They it, have like a sidebar with the, right. <laughs> with the but judge. What they wanted to get away from was the barking and the yelling from yeah. the bench at the referees while they're trying to do their job on the ice. And part of me wonders if, you know, if you didn't start throwing out some of those penalties, I know we've talked about this in prior podcasts, uh, yeah. start penalizing the coaches for sure. yammering off the benches and, and Get back to a point where the referees control the game instead yeah, of being controlled by the coaches. I think so. I think that's absolutely right. I like that idea. It'd be interesting, I think. I don't know that they'll I don't know. Do. They, I don't know. They, they, they probably, they'd probably implement that and screw that up, too. It's a so. recommendation right. from the Mav Podcast. They're not going to agree. They need to take more recommendations from the Mav Podcast. <laughs> Nobody wants to take recommendations from the Mav Podcast, but they should. We'd support it. I know. But I thought this weekend, I thought Evan Weninger played great again. Yeah. Um, he continues to have a good... Absolutely. Especially the second half of the season, a good season. Oh, absolutely season. right. You know, they didn't let in... They didn't let 60 shots on goal like sure. we've had the last few games. So that 
clearly makes a difference. And no. it's a little bit easier with a team like Western Michigan. It's not a high shooting team. There, you know. No, and I and I'll be honest with you. I mean, and you know, we've talked about this over the weekend. I didn't think that they were as impressive as some of the teams we've played in the NCHC this season. Right. Um, that's there's, just kind of that's just kind of Western Michigan hockey, I guess. Yeah. yeah well, it's I not going to look pretty. There's St. Cloud and there's Duluth, and that, right. that's, you know, I think talent-wise, clearly... Uh, above everybody right. else, yep. And then you have Western Michigan and Denver. Sure. Um, and in my opinion, from what I've seen, I think Denver's a better team. Right. And, you know, we'll, you, we'll see as the season shakes out, you yeah. know, where they end up, where they end up landing. But, but right now, from what I've seen, I think that I would put Denver ahead of Western Michigan. But, uh... Sadly, our our guys should have they should have had two wins. We should oh, have that had a sweep. Would have been great if they'd had a sweep. Can't so, cry over spilt milk, but they yeah. uh, they deserved it. They played really really well this weekend. Yeah, they should they should be proud of themselves, and hopefully they can uh, you know take that momentum and stuff in into the next weekend into the the workouts and stuff and and stay committed because you know they're playing good hockey at the oh, right yeah. time and with with automatic qualifiers in the in the conference championships and stuff, you always have a chance to get in. Right. So I know. So overall, looking at the weekend. Yes. And we had talked about this in the previous one and you posed this to me, so now I'm going to pose it to you. <laughs> since, I, since I since I surprised you with the question in the first one, you're going to It was throw great. It, it was me. so spontaneous. I was and I was totally ready for it too, but if there were <laughs> There were one player from UNO for the weekend and yeah. one player for Western Michigan for the weekend that you would say, in the case of both teams, was the standout player for the weekend. Who would you go with? Well, <laughs> I would say that the clearly the, the media's obvious choice for Western Michigan is probably Frank. The, yes, the, let's the hometown kid, we'll say. Yeah, we were having to wipe up a lot of drool this weekend from the local media. <laughs> I just want to point out that we're both transplants from Colorado and I've lived here just as long as he has. Probably longer since he's been at Western Michigan now. Yeah, he so, moved uh, according to the Lincoln Journal Star in 2015, they did a really nice profile on him. He uh Ethan Frank played Roller hockey, and uh, that was kind of his game before ice hockey. And uh, he moved from Colorado Springs to uh, Papillion when he was seven years old. So it's kind of an interesting little uh, little tidbit. But anyway, the that was the media's angle this weekend. But when you look at Western Michigan, was he the player that stood out on the weekend? He had the game-winning goal on Friday. He had two goals on Friday, including the game winner. And, and I think, you know, he ties the game and he wins the game. So So obviously he's a, you know... He's an easy pick, but for, in my opinion and stuff, I don't think you would know who he was outside of looking at the score sheet first. Right. Right? And so I have a hard time saying that he was, you know, an impact player. Sure. Um, for me, I think it was it was Colt Conrad. I, I, com- I completely shift agree. Shift after shift after shift, I was always like, oh, God, he's out there. Oh, God, he's out there. Please don't let him score. He's that kind of player for the team. A really good forward. I've been yeah. really impressed with him over the last few years. And I would, I would agree with you on that. I think he yeah. was the player that was the most impactful this weekend for. He does Western the work, Michigan. and yep, and and that. Um, obviously, since since we're recording version two, 
Um, I know who you're going to say. We have and to. We have I, to pretend. Yeah. I will. I will let you, you have. Yeah. I will let you have your guy because um, I'm going with Taylor Ward. You're going to go with Ward. And he had I, a goal Friday, three assists Saturday. He continues to be a really good player for you. He can out of the Pennington V's in the BCHL. He continues to be an impressive player for the Mavs. I've loved him this season. Uh, my pick's going to be Olson. I think shift in, shift out. He was an impact oh, I'll player. Tell you what? Yeah. And he, he was on fire Saturday. Oh, he had yep. a chip on his shoulder or something. I don't oh, know. Absolutely. Like it was almost that you got that feeling. He told the guys in the locker room, like, I'm going to do this without you. If you make me do it. Um, you know, and they kind of rally. It seemed like they rallied around that. Oh and, yeah. And obviously that line, the Mo line continues to be a, a producer for UNO, you know, with two of the top scorers in the league. Yeah. One of, I, I think it's, don't quote me on this because I'm not looking, but I think Freddie has 30 points, and I think that Morelli has 29 points. I mean, they're right up right. there, like one and two in the league. And it's amazing, considering how our record's gone this year, that we've got two of the top scorers in the league. And maybe that that speaks to the fact that some of our other lines haven't been as productive. Right. And you look to those those two guys for most of the production, but they have been really, I'll be honest with you, they've been really impressive this season. Yeah, so I think and those he are... had a great weekend. Those are both, and you know, I I hate to leave Morelli off of that because we, we we talk about his line, but he did have a good um, he had a good series. I just I, I, the play of of Olson, I think you know he really was a difference maker this weekend. I'll tell you what, and, and just talking about Mason, he's a he's an impressive guy, and I I I love listening to him in the news conferences. I just think someday, if he becomes a head coach, he's going to be great. I mean, the guy's mm. just he's a he's a meat and potatoes kind of guy he's a plain spoken guy i just i love to hear him uh, give his commentary because i yeah i get, get a lot of really useful information and a lot of interesting yeah. uh, tidbits from him so great player both of those guys have been great and i think that that's been the impressive thing is how i mean even that it might not show up in the win column they've played much better in the second half and i think man if we'd had this team in the first half i mean who knows where we would be right now right yeah consistency is going to be the thing you know we've had we've had games where we've had we've kind of been a dr jekyll mr hag kind of sure team, right like we have a good game friday or or i think the last weekend you know, we had a bad game friday but we had a really good game on saturday even right. when we don't get wins out of it uh you know we want we need that consistency we need that. absolutely we need to go to we go to miami next we need to take yep. the gameplay that we did this weekend at Baxter and take and that on the road, take that. To and that's Oxford. been, that's been our problem this season. You know, our road record is really hurting us right now. Yeah. We're one ten and one. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> it is, you know, last year, that's the crazy thing. Last year, uh, I believe we were 12, four and two at home and we were five and 13 on the road. Mm-hmm. And you look at last season and we finished a right at like 517, 17 and, something right i guess two um and it was kind of a crazy statistically because you look at last season if they'd just been slightly better on the road that would have been an ncaa tournament team and so this season you look and we're what seven six and one at home which it's not great but we're a little bit over 500 but you look at that road record was just a little bit better we've won one game and that was a saturday game at western michigan back in november we've just We've had, and obviously in, you know, the intervening weeks, we've played a lot of good teams on the road, but it just, 
for whatever reason, they're not able. And, you know, other than the Denver series, you know, a lot of those series just haven't been close on the road. Right. We haven't. Right. Um, it's, it's strange to me because for years, it seemed like we were a better road team than a home team under Dean blaze. Uh, his like last couple seasons, I believe we had, uh, I believe we had better road records than we did at home. And it was, it was, everybody was like, man, this team plays great. I mean, you weren't, you felt pretty confident when you went and watched those Dean blaze teams play on the road. And it's interesting because a lot of times teams play better on the road because of the control. Right. And you're traveling as a team. The team controls what you eat, when you eat, you know, where you stay, who's together and things like that. You come back here and, you know, the guys, some guys might live on their own and some of them might, you know, might have an apartment with guys that they don't room with when they're on the road or something like that. Like right. you always have, you know, there's a little bit different things. They can, they can, they have a little bit more freedom when it comes to right. meals and, and the practice schedule is different and that. And so I've known a lot of teams that, that seem to have done well on the road, you know, because of that. Um, and I've heard coaches and, and I'm trying to think if Gabs has said this at any point, but I know that I remember Gwazdecki used to say this all the time. Um, when DU would get into uh, a bit of a slump or something, he'd come out and say, you know, what we really need here is a good road trip. Because right. he knew that, you know, the guys just aren't gelling well. There's not a whole lot of chemistry. If I can get them out where the only people they have to talk to are each other and stuff, sure. you can turn a team around. Right. Uh, but it just doesn't seem that that way with uh, with our Mavericks. It's interesting. And I, I mean, I believe I heard from somebody, I can't remember if it was Terry Leahy or who it was from, but he had talked about how the road schedule had kind of changed under Gabinet from Dean Blaze so that, you know, they weren't, you know, necessarily bussing home right after the, you know, Saturday game of the series. And right. they were staying till the next morning and doing some things like that. And again, don't quote me on that, but I'd heard that they were doing that. So you would think it would be a more restful and amenable schedule for the players. Right. But you're right. Sometimes, you know, that's the situation. Sometimes, you know, back in the CCHA days when we flew everywhere, every once in a while, one of those places we'd fly to, uh, we'd have to bus for some reason. And uh, they would end up playing really well after they bus there. And you're like, even though it's that long slog on a bus and I've gone on some of those trips, there's something about it that just psychologically might help, you know, build camaraderie and do things right. like that. So, because we've talked about in the podcast that the chemistry seems to be lacking, and I think that's a lot. That has a lot to do with the reason why you know we have stints where we can't pass the puck. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of that's just getting a feel for for different guys. I think that's the sure. reason why the line combinations have been outside of the mo line. The line combinations have been juggled and jostled a lot. Yep. Is trying to find guys that that play well together, you know, I want to see Weiss and, and Conley and uh, Spinner on a line. Yes, you uh, do. Our CWS line. You know, a lot of that's just because I, I like the idea of what each player brings to, to that line. Now, what I don't know is, do they like each other? You know, is there a, yeah, is there a, is there a personal I don't know. issue between two of them or I, something? Who knows? I don't, I don't know. know. We have no idea. But coach does and and you know that's kind of his job is is to know those types of things right. but those road you know those road series and stuff especially when you're on yeah. a bus together you know it, it you find commonality you you build a camaraderie yeah they're definitely bonding develop that relationship oh yeah so. believe me i've gone on road trips with people i can't stand and you know 
by the end of it, you know, yeah. I still can't stand them. But we get along a little bit better. Fans so may not go. like it, but I'm kind of hoping that with the number of freshmen that we have coming in, because we're right. losing a lot of seniors, I kind of hope that we have like the first three, three weeks. The first three weeks are just on the road. Yeah, um, that would be kind of nice. I think I think it would be nice to have that kind of start to the season. Sure. Absolutely. I think those are the, those are nice stints. And there have been some seasons where we've had that, where we've only played like one series out of the first, you know, four right. or five at home. And the team has actually performed really well during, during those stints. Yeah. And it's, it's good for them. And I think it, it can sometimes help. Yeah. But, but then, then again, you never know. <laughs> Hopefully they can turn it around though. One road win is, even when you're struggling, that's that's tough on a season. So yeah, but no, Miami's no. a Miami's a good team to to start a a stretch on, right? Yeah, they've definitely Possibly. been struggling. Oh, absolutely. So should we move into predictions? Yes. Are let's, you ready? Let's move into predictions. So we got Miami. We're we're heading out to the other Miami. Right, Miami, the lesser Miami, Miami, Ohio. Now, here's the thing. I'll, this this is one of those tidbits I learned back in the CCHA days because I, if I recall correctly, we might have heard from the athletic director of Miami at one of the Blue Line Club luncheons back in the day. I cannot remember for sure, but I always referred to it as Miami of Ohio, and they would get mad and they would say, "No, we're just Miami, Ohio," which I. Don't know why they're not Miami of Ohio. But anyway, they're Miami, Ohio. Just in case you were wondering, it's like Ohio State University wants to be called the Ohio State University. So there's a lot of there's a lot of, you know, uh splitting hairs with semantics here with these teams. But yes, we're going out they to Miami. They can my, want all they want. Going, I've got words for them. <laughs> we're going out to Miami. Playing Enrico Blasi. This was a team, we got our first win of the season, if I recall correctly, against uh, Miami yep. back in uh, November. Here. Mm-hmm. Here, yeah. So. Now, was, so was, Miami's Miami's on a bit of a down they, stretch. They've been now. on a slump. Yeah, they looked better in the first half, but they've kind of been, you know, on a slump. They haven't done particularly well. With our split there back to the bottom of the NCAA Jason team. told me that I'm not allowed to pick a Miami sweep this week. <laughs> I just said you can't be the pessimist because I'm oh, not okay with being this optimist junk. Well, here's what I'm going to talk about. You know, there's been a lot of talk this weekend about hometown heroes and that sort of thing. And my hometown heroes are guys from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Minot, North Dakota, Vancouver, Washington. Fruitville, Colorado. That's right. And I will tell you, that the guys who come here and wear the crimson and black are my hometown heroes. The guys who have Omaha on the front of the jersey are my hometown heroes. So I'm excited to see them go out to Miami. I'm excited to see them turn around this 110-1 road record on the mm-hmm. season. And I'm looking forward to seeing them get a sweep of Miami out there in Oxford. And I've, I've been to that arena, and I, was, I got to tour that arena. Uh, Josh Fenton, who was a grad student at the time, uh, who is now the NCHC commissioner took us took our group on that tour. So it was a, it's a cool facility, and I'm hoping you and O will turn it around, play the kind of hockey they did this weekend, and make a little bit of a run here towards the NCHC playoffs. That that would be huge. 
That would be huge. You know, we're we're sitting. I mean, in theory, we'd be two points. We could be two points back in North Dakota. They're idle. Absolutely. Yep. Um, Colorado College has to go to St. Cloud. I uh, yep. And so if wait, is this the week Colorado College goes to St. Cloud? Pretty sure. Did I? Yeah. Did I Colorado read that College right? at St. Cloud. Okay, I didn't know if I read that right or read that wrong or. Yeah. Or, okay. So if if St. Cloud takes care of business at home and sweeps Colorado College, hopefully, okay. you know, we could be sitting in sixth, two points back of fifth place. Right. With a game, with a series to play against North Dakota. Granted, it's in North Dakota, but I mean, you you put yourself in a pretty good position. Look, we've know, gone. It's, like it kind of reminds me of uh, when we played Michigan State in the CCHA days. We had success at Mun Ice Arena. And we've had success since we've been in a conference with um, uh, North Dakota mm-hmm. up there at the Ralph. So the guys have proven that they can play. So, yeah, I I would love to see that. Now, again, I am not the optimist. So it's hard for me to <laughs> it's hard for me to jump on your bandwagon on the last Last week I had a beat. Look, on the I was guy. It worked out. You know what? I'll tell you what. When I was the pessimist last week, we played great hockey. So I'm I'm not sure why we're uh, switching this up this week. But <laughs> but you know, go ahead. You be the you be the pessimist I, this week. <clears throat> I'm gonna say. Are you going for a split? I'm gonna go for a split. I think. I think Miami's gonna look at going. We have to write the ship, and if we're going to, you know. We're gonna get back on a winning track. This is Omaha is the team at home that we yes, get a chance to Yes, they have that. former assistant Peter Menino, who recruited a bunch of uh, good-looking prospects for us during his lone year at UNO last season, and then he went to Miami and he took a bunch of them with him. <laughs> yeah, and there's clearly bad blood between the two teams. There's so... bad blood between the coaching staffs yeah. for sure. So I think. I think we have the split. I think that moves us into a tie, you know, with with Colorado College. You know, it still puts us at a, at a decent position to. I don't know. Maybe we get lucky, and you know, you end up with uh, Western Michigan in third, and we have to go out there, Kalamazoo, and. I don't play know. Them. That after, could be. I don't know. After the weird crap on Twitter this weekend, I'm not sure I want to <laughs> want to play them again. But you're right. That would that I, would probably be I, a good. I'd match almost up rather for play us. Western Michigan than Denver. I. Oh yeah. I don't I know would, why we're sneaking against I'll Denver. I'll tell so you I'm... what. If if it's a choice between <clears throat> Western Michigan or Denver, St. Cloud, or Duluth on the road, <clears throat> I'll go for Western Michigan. Yeah. Anytime. So yeah. So I think my. The way I would see it going is I think that Miami wins Friday and UNO wins on Saturday. I just think okay. if, if if UNO can go out and play the way that they played, I'm with you. Because if they play as well as they played against Western Michigan and Miami, sure. I, I don't see how we... Well, I see how we don't come out of there with two wins and they wear black and white. But outside of that, we should be able to, to sweep them. Yeah. Um, but that I mean but, again that I mean and but we're cautious because that's a bold prediction for a team that's only won one game on the road this season. Right. And so I you know I think that's a that's a pretty sound I I think you're you're pretty right on potentially yeah. with that Saturday night cuz a lot of times there's an adjustment for us on Friday night and then Saturday night we tend to 
um, tighten the screws a little bit and and team yeah. plays a little bit better. We've talked about. I don't know why we seem to why we we see a hard time to get going on on Friday. That's why I was really pleased with our play on Friday. But I'm going to go with the sweep because it's been a long season for the players, the coaches, and the fans, frankly. And we could all use a you know a good you know beat down of the Red Hawks. Good six points would be that would be nice. fantastic. And fans can watch it on NCHC TV. Yes, they. Well. No, the Friday game is on CBS Sports. Ah, so, so because it's on Saturday CBS on Sports, and this is one of the things with the NCHC, I wish that they would figure this out so that they, when the game's on CBS Sports, it's also on the NCHC TV package because we're paying for that package, and I'd like to be able to watch it like we do the some of the Fox uh, Mid Sports Midwest ones that they've shown right. Fox Sports North or whichever, whatever it is, that are on the NCHC package. So, yes. Well, that so, probably has to do with the difference between a regional and a national. Prime, yeah, probably. So, so CBS Sports. CBS Sports Friday. CBS Sports app. You can get it on there. Yeah, and I'm, let, me, let me look. I think that Friday game is... It's earlier than you it's would... It's 5.35. Okay, so time. it's... Oh, yeah, 5.30. Yeah, 5.30, 5.38. Eight central to oh. yes, five thirty-eight central time. People can sing the national anthem faster. Come on. So that's an early game. You're gonna have to hop up from work early and come home and watch that. So. Yeah. And before we go, okay, I would like to thank our podcast listener, our loyal listener, Aaron Bradenkamp, who had a tailgate outside of Baxter Arena on Saturday night, and he posted a picture and said, "I'm." tailgating and listening to the map podcast and he's told me before how much he enjoys the podcast and he looks forward to it as kind of a you know getting him ready for the games every weekend so i really appreciate that you yeah, and i do. i don't think people understand how much work it goes goes into this you know us coordinating our schedules and right coming up with times and working around work and family and well, and the research that we do to make sure that we're prepared right. for the week and and what we're going to talk about and you know, trying really to sound knowledgeable and about, reasonable. Yeah. yeah and, and thinking about, you know, what what the fans would want to hear, you know. Right. We've we talked about this, you know, off podcast about how, you know, we're not the type of podcast that's that's overly technical. No. We're not, you know, deep into systems and, and that stuff. You know, we we really like hearing from the fans and stuff that that, that they enjoy the type of content. Right. And it's really just an opportunity for us to to take a look at things in a different perspective. and Yeah, and we um, just want to give the point of view of the fans, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully people will you know gain some insights and gain yeah. some knowledge. And that's what I, I've learned a lot doing the podcast with you this season. I really appreciate it because you bring a different perspective as a fan to the game than I do. Um, you've played hockey. You've coached hockey. Um, you grew up in a different state, so yeah. you have the perspective of watching those teams. So. It's been really fun for me, and I've I've learned a lot this season, and that's what I enjoy about uh, this podcast, and I enjoy about doing the stuff on Mav Puck. It's it's all about you know understanding college hockey and understanding the UNO hockey program a little bit better, because uh, there a lot of times there isn't a lot of information out there for us to consume. So yeah. uh, that's that's why we wanted to bring you this yeah. podcast, and that's so, why we enjoy doing it every week. So so we really appreciate him listening, you know, before the game and stuff, yep. and donations of. Uh... Pulled pork and, and, and alcohol would, would be acceptable. Yes, in clear it? plastic bags. In clear plastic bags. You know, not bigger than 8 inches by 12 inches or... <laughs> 
So it may have to be a series of clear plastic bags. But <laughs> if you are like Aaron and you enjoy this show and you'd like to go back and listen to back episodes, you can find links to all of those on mappuck.com. And it's not even links. They're embedded on there. So it's really nice. You can just click, click play, play yeah. and it's ready to go. We really appreciate the clicks. We're, uh, you know, we don't make money on this. So we're motivated by statistics. So we appreciate it when you come and listen and, uh, yeah. you know, give us positive feedback and, uh, if you'd like to follow us on any of our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, you know, I can't guarantee it's uh, you know, won't be a complete dumpster fire when we're talking about stuff, but we try to have <laughs> fun and we try to bring you the fan perspective and this is the program we love and as always, go Mavs. Go Mavs. Mm-hmm.